good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the solid rock of the Word of God? Welcome to a brand new podcast week. And I I know that not everybody listens to these in real time, uh, but it is being released on a Monday, which is the second day of the week. Do I need to remind us that the Lord's Day is the first day of the week? And I hope that this past Lord's Day found you in the house of God, worshiping Him. Uh, which brings us, of course, to the topic that I'm going to continue and God will and close out today, and that is on the topic of worship and what that means throughout the scripture. So I hope yesterday you had the opportunity to be refreshed and to reboot your heart and your mind in tune with the Word of God. And it is so essential that I, I probably need to mention that if, if you're not careful, you don't want to begin missing the Lord's day. If you do so, then uh, it won't be very long and you'll find yourself in a spiritual ditch so ditch somewhere uh, away from the Lord. Because it all, every, every backslidden person always begins with missing the Lord's house one time for a good reason. And then all of a sudden it begins to carry through. So I would encourage you. Uh, to to uh, keep the Lord's Day and be faithful at it. Make sure that uh, it's an essential part of your uh, of your very living. Actually, we've been talking about worship. I've been citing for you some things that the Bible has to say regarding what genuine worship is all about. And of course, I think the overarching principle that when we come to the Lord's house, that all of our worship should be about the Lord. It's, uh, it, it's preoccupied with Him, not what we get, not what we receive, but what we can give to Him. So just to recap, does worship really matter to God? Is it that important? Is it something that He holds to be uh, an essential part of what it is to be a disciple of Christ? And the answer is yes. The Bible over and over again uh particularly if you see the example of the Israelites that God punished their wrong worship that when they were not they were to approach him not in any way they pleased but in the way that God stipulated um, and so he demonstrated he his rejection even of false worship by Korah and by uh, by uh, Nadab and Abihu and other people who wanted to worship God on their terms and God says um, no, not only does he desire to be worshipped, but he desires to be worshipped in the right way. He blesses right worship over and over again, and he has promised and pledged to meet with his people uh, that will come to him in in the right way. So, the essence of true worship, we noticed what this is, that we are to, in essence, be giving to God what he rightly deserves, what is right towards him, what he richly uh, is worthy of we are the giver not i got something from the service or what do i get out of it but rather what can i give to god uh, and then you are to uh, the glory that you uh, excuse me the worship that you give to the lord has to be spiritual and scriptural in spirit and in truth and then I turned to the elements of true worship, that when we come into the Lord's house and we gather there in the sanctuary, notice I said sanctuary instead of worship center, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of churches have gone to calling it different names. I just like the old-fashioned term sanctuary because it's a place that's set apart, a place that we come apart from the rest of the world and we find ourselves in the very presence of God in that place. Uh, the true elements of worship I mentioned last time are preparation, to make sure that you're ready 
when you come to the worship service itself that you've been rested and you're ready to feed on the Word of God. Uh, before you arrive, you prepare, and after you arrive, when you get there, to be able to get your heart settled and prepared. Uh, to do what? Well, the second element of true worship is praise, to praise the Lord, to give out of joy, out of gratitude, not a not a, a, a somberness and a depressing spirit, but happiness and joy ought to ought to describe and characterize your praise of the Lord, uh, to give Him uh, the songs and the undivided attention and the love that He so much deserves. Well, that brings me to the last three elements of essentials of true worship. I want to uh, close out this series with this thought today. The essentials of true worship are one of the things that we are to do is prayer. If we have preparation before we come and get there, then we have praise during the time of worship, but then prayer. Isaiah 56, 7, the Bible says, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people." Every worship time where God's people gather together ought to be a time of prayer. Of, 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 uh, and the pastor should be leading the people in worship and prayer um, to represent the, peop- uh, the people before the Lord and to pray publicly. Uh, Paul wrote Timothy and said that he would that all men everywhere be praying uh, when they have their worship services. Now, that doesn't mean that you're only relying on the pastor to be the one that prays and everybody sits there with their, with, uh, with their minds in park but, and, and just listening as observ- uh, observers, but rather that everybody corporately, and by the way, that's essential. If you're a part of an assembly of believers, you ought to be in that building with those people worshiping God. That is a direct command from God. Uh, it's not a, a spectator sport. You have to get in the game. You have to be there. You have to be able to put into practice all those one another's in the New Testament. Uh, people are annoying. People sometimes can be frustrating, but God's called us together to worship Him. Throughout the pandemic, there was an issue with that kind of thing where people were really estranged from one another and were incapable of ministering their gifts to each other because they were so absent from each other so often. Can I remind us today that God's called us to exercise our gifts to one another, but if we're remaining outside the sanctuary in the house of God and not gathered together, you can't do what God has told you to do to assemble together for the purpose of worshiping and praising God. And yes, this essential, pray, uh, praying to God together, gathered in His house. Uh, that's absolutely essential. So don't forget that. And then, of course, another part and es- essential of true worship is in Deuteronomy chapter 16. And there are many other passages. But in Deuteronomy chapter 16, the Bible gave specific instruction to the Israelites that th- it says, Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty. Every man shall give as he is able, 
according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee. Uh, a part of worship ought to be that we have a presentation of our offerings every time we worship the Lord. That's a part of what it means to be submitted to him. Uh, God expects that. He expects giving according to his blessing. And we don't give because the church has bills to pay, although that's certainly true. But we're giving simply because this is a God-ordained means of our giving him glory because everything we have comes from him. So preparation before you come, praise when you're there, prayer while we're worshiping, and presentation to bring a gift before the Lord of what he's given to you. And then last of all, not necessarily last in terms of importance, but last essential element of true worship would include preaching. Listening to God's word. First uh, Timothy 4.13, the Bible says, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Listening to God's word, which the Bible concedes that sometimes is very difficult. I mean, what other kind of, of, uh, of a gathering often do you hear that's much like the preaching of the word of God, where one man stands up and expounds, explains, illustrates, and exhorts you to follow what the word of God says? Uh, preaching is a unique uh, ministry that God has given to the church through pastor teachers. Uh, and so preaching, you're not having church by having uh, an hour of entertainment music and amusement and then having a five-minute homily and everybody goes out. Uh, the fact is that there ought to be an emphasis on the preaching of the Word. The Bible says to be instant, in season and out of season, to be ready to preach, to teach the Word, because the time will come when people will have itching ears. They'll be wanting uh, something of their own when the Word of God ought to be elevated all the time. And then, of course, what that calls for, whenever God's Word is preached, it calls for a response to the preaching. Psalm 95, verses 6 through 8, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Uh, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Whenever the word of God is preached, it calls for a response. Always anticipate that when you go into a house of worship. Lord, what do you want me to hear today? What's the message? What principle do you want me to put into practice? Uh, these are questions to ask yourself. And it's never, well, if God has spoken to you, Whenever the Word of God has been preached, God has spoken. And it's up to us to hear what He has said and be moved to be obedient to His Word. God bless you today. Uh, walk with the Lord, will you? Keep your mind fixed on Him. Look for opportunities for service. And I know the Lord will open those doors wide open. God bless you today. Keep your eyes on Christ. Thank you.